0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Tea, where we give you the best in social commentary and LGBT lifestyle. Now, today we're going to be talking about several things. This is our Labor Day weekend special. We're going to review Pose season finale. We're going to talk about suicide in the LGBT community. We're going to talk about freedom of speech. And when I say freedom of speech, we're going to talk about it in regards to is the LGBT or certain members of the LGBT community trying to silence people when it comes to freedom of speech? And, like, any time that there is a level of criticism in the LGBT community, are there certain people that try to bully people from not giving a critique in the gay community? And also we're going to talk about this Popeye's chicken sandwich frenzy that's been going on. Now y'all, I'm gonna tell y'all something. Like this, this is just, this is just embarrassing. This is just a shame. And we're just gonna deep dive into this issue. So um, I just wanted to let you guys know. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, we got a couple things that I want to talk about. Other things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the law, cabin Republicans, and and um, self hating gays, and and how the Trump administration continues to. Infringe on the rights of LGBT individuals, and when we're going to talk about suicide, we're going to talk about the markets, will it be suicide, and um, we're just going to talk about, you know, uh, today, we're just going to talk about are, are we still living in a time where people are being criticized to the point to where they just feel like they cannot exist. And also, this is a situation that happened, like, about three weeks ago, but I wanted to talk about it in regards to freedom of speech. Is the gay community uh, bullies when it comes to others exercising their freedom of speech, and this, this, is, this ties into the whole Mario Lopez backlash that he received uh, when he pretty much made a valid point, in my opinion, about is three years old too young for a child to determine their gender or their sexuality. And I don't see any you know what I'm saying? I don't see anything wrong with what he said. He was very respectful. So we're going to go to the phone lines. I believe Philip is on the phone line. Um let me go to this number ending in 4244. Is this Philip?
0: Yeah, can you guys hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. And also right. those okay. or you that are on Facebook Live, I want to know if you can hear us as well. Um, just type in the chat if you're able to hear us. We also have another caller online um, ending in 4-2-no, wait a minute, 6103. Yes. Hello, caller. No, you
2: Are you now? listening or do you have something to say at this point? Yeah, I was, I was hoping I'll call you. We
1: you have time. Okay, then. All right, we'll get back to you. All right, thank you for um listening to us today. Yes, sir. All right. Now, um, Philip, what do you feel? Because we're going to get on polls in a minute, but I just want. It here, what is your opinion about this whole entire Popeye's chicken fiasco that's going on right now? Because I'm going to get into an article that uh, my cousin actually linked me to this article that was sent through Fox 59, and we're going to read it in a minute. But what do you, when you first hear about Popeye's releasing this chicken sandwich and people just going crazy over these chicken sandwiches, what was the first thing that you thought of when you heard of all this foolishness and this
0: fula-la. I mean, people, it's just a chicken sandwich. I mean, you could get a chicken sandwich anywhere. Chick-fil-A has them, Burger King has them, McDonald's has them. So, I really don't understand uh, what is so great about Popeye's having a chicken sandwich. And, I mean, that's really, you know, Question that doesn't really need an answer because I think that just shows how easy we are when we get hyped up or a commercial gets just hyped up about something and we just take it. I think there's a fancy ass term for that. It's called the opiate of the masses and that Popeye's chicken sandwich happens to be it. So you know, I think it's very funny that all these people will be lining up the streets for this chicken sandwich. But where are y'all's at at uh, November 2016 for uh, the presidential election? And then where are y'all at November 2018 when we had the mayoral elections in the midterm? So y'all get lined up for chicken sandwiches. And y'all get clunk for Jesus in the church. But when it comes to voting, oh, unless it comes in a four-piece or a six-piece or a fancy-ass big Mac box, you don't want anything to do with it.
1: Now, let me ask you this, Philip. Do you feel that this is still, is this, like, in comparison to these people standing in these long lines um, on Black Friday? Like, because a lot of people want to make light of this and make Make this like this is some type of joke, but this ain't no difference than these people out here at Walmart asking on food. darn yes. Um, on Black Friday ready to beat somebody down because they they stole they took their last flat screen TV. But I mean, to me, it's all the same. We just can't make light of this because you know people had to stereotype that black people like chicken and this that and the other. No, there was more than black people in line waiting on those chicken sandwiches. Yeah, and there were white um, people there too because yeah because people were just upset because the way that Popeye commercialized this event or this prom- promotion of this chicken sandwich, how they the supply was bigger than the demand. Or the...
3: the yes, right. 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 Wait, wait, no.
1: The, the demand, demand was bigger than yeah, the I mean, supply.
3: Right. Yeah, the way
1: so, like, I feel that they didn't it's handle little this little right. Back. And then, like, uh it was just like, then, like, they didn't tell the people that they they ran out of the supply of chicken sandwiches, so people were mad and upset because they waited in line for this, like, for sometimes, like, hours, you know, so it it was just handled wrong, and and then just the way that they kind of promoted it on social media, it was very condescending and very, you know, I don't know, it was just very disrespectful how they just catered like stereotypical. You
0: know, I mean, I think yeah. Okay. I, um, you're right. I think it was handled very unprofessional. And I work in the food and service industry, so if you're going to have a a sale like that, you better have plenty of chicken, or else people are going to be mad. So I think Popeyes is just a victim of their own success. But yeah. you know, it just it baffles me because you're right. It, it's nothing uh, new. It's just like a Black Friday, but and you know, it's how I feel about Nike shoes. Everyone is all up in arms about Nike shoes. What's so damn great about a shoe that that costs as much as my light bill? I mean, hell, Mm -hmm. you can get some, you can get a, you can get a pair of pants and some dress shoes and a suit and a tie. For,
4: for
0: Honey, a crazy amount of money, six. as a pair of Nike. Why? Right.
4: What kind of shoe is this? So, shoe. I asked him what kind of shoe.
1: What kind of shoe was it, Phyllis? You said some type of. You were just talking about Nikes in general. Like oh. people pay a lot of money for Nike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. They
0: will. Yeah, what I, what I mean is, I'm sorry. What I mean is. You're going to waste all that money on a, on a pair of shoes, but you can buy a whole suit for that same amount of money. So it's just like with the chicken and the black Friday. we are willing to spend so much money on this and wait in line for material things, but you don't want to get your ass out and vote. That's why there's so many memes and Internet posts about this and voting as a comparison.
1: True. So, um, I, mean, I just wanted yeah. to bring that up. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I want to read this article from Fox 59 really quick. Um, I guess this, this is gone out of control. There was a man in Tennessee that is suing Popeye's over sold-out chicken sandwiches. I can't get happy. So this article comes oh, from Fox 59 News, and this this story comes out of East Ridge, Tennessee. A Tennessee man is suing Popeye's over, quote-unquote, countless wasted time, unsuccessfully trying to pour the wildly popular crispy chicken sandwich that sold out earlier this week. Craig Barr of East Ridge, Tennessee, identified in Hamilton County court documents, Accused the company of false advertising, deceptive business practices by Entity the public. He went on to describe his alleged hardships countless time wasted driving to and from Popeyes, pie no chicken sandwiches, was, sold, was told to come back this day, still no sandwich. According to WBC, Barr added that he was hustled after responding to an ad on Craigslist by someone claiming to know an employee who could hide away sandwiches for those willing to pay extra, then exchange them for twenty four bucks. Barr says he paid the person but he never got a sandwich. Barr ended Barr added, I'm sorry, in the complaint that he damaged his tire and rim while trying to tracked down the elusive sandwich, and suffered emotional damage after being humiliated by his friends. Quote, I can't get happy. I have this sandwich on my mind. I can't even think straight, Barr told the time-free press. It just consumes you. The sandwich drew long lines at Popeye's locations across the country after a social, social media spat with competitor Chick-fil-A caught the attention of chicken lovers. So it goes on to say that the Popeye's Chicken Suite was say, y'all good, bun plus chicken plus pickles equals all the love for the original. The paper reports that Barr owns a company in the automobile industry and believes that Popeye's should be held accountable for not meeting the hype that they helped create. Quote, it's totally deceptive. Who runs out of chicken? It's a big fiasco. Someone has to stand up to the big corporate. That's what he said. That's what Barr said. And then Popeye put out another t- tweet. Y'all, we love that you love the sandwich. Unfortunately, we're sold out for now. Barr is asking for $5,000 in damages. Popeye did not immediately respond to requests for this or comment. So I'm just letting y'all know this is the comment. It's scary that we have people out here that are this ridiculous. Like, this doesn't make any kind of sense, y'all, over a damn chicken sandwich. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all, like, yeah, very understatement. You know, and, and I'm going to tell you, like, I've seen my pastor. He he commented on it on Facebook, and he had a good point. He said this don't make any kind of sense. Like, you know, the, the owner of Popeye's is laughing all the way to the bank. And, yep. and, and y'all sitting out here looking like doing food, yep. and, and it's just. And some people even compared it to that apple salt. Remember Remember um, the boondocks when they? Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
0: I <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: said, awesome. "Was that kind of <laughs> now speaking of the church? Was that that was kind of prophetic? Wasn't it? that that chicken sandwich like chicken would cause this much of an uproar in 2019, and that boondocks?" episode came out. I don't know what year that came out, but it was a long time ago. But I'm telling you, the boondocks has been very prophetic when it comes to certain things. And this is one of the things that I feel that they kind of saw the future in this.
0: (laughs) They sure
4: did. (laughs) That's just the power of psychology and the power of marketing. Yeah. How it's going to literally warp people's minds. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and
1: I've always seen, like, stuff, people go crazy over electronics, over fashion, but over a chicken sandwich, that's a, that's a first for me. Like, seriously, I've never have seen anything like this before. So but Like the McRib, Yeah, that McRib be having people going into a frenzy, too, you No, know, it's good as well. Some of y'all don't need to be eating that damn pork because y'all got high blood pressure. Y'all got diabetes, y'all got y'all, 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 y'all toes and, 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 and limbs getting ready to get cut off, and y'all y'all waiting in line for all this stuff. It just don't make no damn sense, y'all. are just Yeah, that's it. So I just need um, to know if anybody out there has any input, you can call us at 646-595-3515. Um, we will put the number in the chat really quick so everybody will have this number to call in if you would like to participate In this conversation um, We're going to move on To our next comment To uh, uh, so our next point in our conversation And the thing I want to bring up next is uh, is Let me see what we got On our list today There is A situation Where uh, Mario Lopez Received Backlash for stating the obvious. Now he wasn't disrespectful. He was on Candace Owens' show, and um, he just made he made a he made a valid point. Like you know, some of these parents are pushing sexuality on their kids at a young age, and I just want to kind of bring this up because this is like an old story, but it's still relevant because sometimes I feel, and and I'm just going to be 100% honest, and I'm just going to keep it 100. I feel in the LGBT community sometimes there are bullies that you can't have any uh, criticism of the gay community without someone trying to scare them into being quiet or trying to quote-unquote cancel them. Like, I just feel like this cancel culture has gotten out of control, and I kind of feel that We can't even criticize one another, let alone other people criticize our community because we don't want to be talked about, but we can criticize other people. Hell, we can criticize each other and go in on each other. You better not be somebody outside the community that has something to say because you're going to face some type of backlash. So I want to go to these comments that were posted. Uh, Well, not comments. I want to go to the commentary that was posted online. Um, and we're going to come back and have a conversation about this issue.
5: I definitely feel like being on pose has made me a lot more self aware. I think that it has made me a lot more comfortable and confident with who I am. Right
3: guys, I got the wrong one. Okay.
6: So there are some weird trends, and one of the weirder ones for me, at least, to try to process, is this new trend where celebrities are coming out. and I know Charlize Theron did this a few a few weeks ago, and saying that their child is picking their gender. and This is strange to me, just because I and they say, oh, I looked at my child, my child was swimming in a bathtub, and looked up and said, "Mommy, I'm a boy." and That's weird to me because even though I'm not a parent, I nannied for uh, five years of my life, and the things that come out of children's mouths, like they are just they say whatever in the moment. You don't yeah. know what they've seen on TV, what got in their head. Right. And I've had children say they were mermaids. I've had children say <laughs> they could fly right. and jump off of a staircase. And thank God I caught him, right, because he yeah. thought he could be Superman. And so I'm trying to understand this new Hollywood mentality where they just think that their children now uh, have the mental authority and uh, and and
7: I am trying clarity. to understand it myself. <laughs> please don't lump me into that whole <laughs> No, no. no. I, I see you're not doing that in your household. No, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of blown away too. And um, look, I'm never one to tell anyone how to parent their kids, obviously. And I can't give you comfort. Maybe you, you should, though, because you seem yeah. to be doing
6: something <laughs> nah, right. Well,
7: thanks. You know, and I would say, if you come from a place of love, you, you know, you you really can't go wrong. But at the same time, my God, if you're three years old and you're saying you're feeling a certain way, or you're you you think you're a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be, I. I, I I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make that determination. Then, okay, well, then you're going to be a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be, and it's it's sort of alarming. And my gosh, I just think about the repercussions later on. And, and uh,
6: to me, I just see depression because I, when I was uh, in fifth grade, I don't know, it was this weird thing in fifth grade where me and my girlfriend Molly, like we just we were tomboys. We just were like we're tomboys now, so we'd wear like baggier pants, the cargo pants were in, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I <laughs> tried to make my voice a little bit deeper. One year, went to middle school, and everything was fine, you know. Right. <laughs> it was just a phase. And I hadn't gone through puberty yet. Like, you can't make a decision about your sexuality when you're three years old. I was well, in fifth grade. Well, that's
7: just, I don't think you're, when you're a kid, I, you know, I, at least when I was a kid, I remember kids still think, my daughter, so some boys have cuties, and this, you know what right. I mean? They're so... don't think they they, they're they're you don't know anything about sexuality yet you're you're just a kid
6: right and then making that determination so young i just see like if my parents when i was like i'm gonna be a boy today shaved my head Mm. and were like that's you've made the decision i can't even imagine how depressed i'd be once i went through puberty once i started liking guys and then having made up my mind when i was in fifth grade and i think that's that's a really scary trend that we're seeing coming out of hollywood right now and at the core of it to me seems like narcissism like virtue signaling like you just want to say I'm so tolerant and I'm so accepting that whatever my kid wants to do they can do
7: yeah I I think as parents need to allow their kids to be kids but at the same time you got to be the adult in the the situation pause with that and I think the formative years is when you start having those discussions and really start making these declarations and um, it's it's way too young for some of these other. I, I just personally think it's just way too young. To yeah, we're not
6: psychologically these. there when we're three years old. At no. least I certainly wasn't. And then. No.
1: All right, we are back. Now I'm gonna tell you something. I I am not really here for Candace Owens. I don't really care for her. I just I just kind of feel that there is. That's that's a whole nother topic for another show. And I don't really agree with a lot of things that she says on her platform. But I feel like on this topic, you know, I'm this type of person. I can put aside my differences, like if I care for you as an individual. But she was speaking up but true facts, like, in that commentary. And I feel that Mario Lopez was speaking true facts, too. And I don't feel that he said anything condescending. I don't think that he said anything uh, disrespectful. No. In that commentary, and I just I just kind of feel that, and I and I and I believe that a lot of gay people agree with that, but I just feel like there's an agenda by Hollywood and the powers to be to kind of push this stuff up on people. Like I just kind of feel at a certain age in life, like kids should be kids. Sexuality should not be anything that they should even be thinking about. They need to be trying to, hell, they're trying to push sexuality on these kids. don't even know they ABCs, 1, 2, three. They can't tie their damn shoes. They can't even say their damn name. They don't even know they address. but you want to put sexuality on somebody. So I just kind of feel that sometimes the gay community can be, or certain segments of the gay community can be hypocritical. Like, we can criticize everybody else. We can have an opinion of everybody else, but the moment we have a, that somebody. Comes to the table with a valid critique, they want to cancel that person, and he received a lot of backlash from this conversation that he had with Candace Owen And as always, he backed down and apologized and this, that, and the other. But I don't think he should have apologized because that's his opinion, and he should have stood in his truth. You know what I'm saying? But I kind of understand too because, mm-hmm. like, when you're in Hollywood, you have to play the game. Because if you don't play the game, you are going to uh, yeah, ostracize. Yeah, ostracize. You're going to lose your career. You're going to lose everything. And that's why a lot of people joke around and say, yeah, there is a gay mafia out there. And I ain't about to get into that I ain't trying to get caught up in no bullcrap. But I just kind of feel that there are people out there that want this agenda pushed for whatever reason. And anybody that speaks against it, that has a voice, that has a platform, they're going to face some type of.
5: Backlash from
1: it So Philip, I want to know What do you feel about this entire Situation were you able to hear the interview
0: Yeah, clearly And um yeah mm-hmm. I honestly so is, I think it has a lot More with, to do with the fact that Mario Lopez was a guest on her Show than it does about what he Said and I think a lot of people Had we had put two and two Together and thought well Whatever he responds about gay people is offensive. So I think that was the first thing that I got from it. And the second was, I agree with him. Um, We are pushing sexuality on kids too early. And just because a celebrity does it, doesn't mean that we should do it. And so, you know, he was definitely right about that. And this has nothing to do with whether you're a conservative or a liberal, Democrat, Republican, religion or non It has nothing to do with that. It's what is considered appropriate and what is considered inappropriate. And I think that this is inappropriate. And that's why I don't agree with little kids being outside of it. They should not be there. I don't care what anyone else says. You have to be at least 13. To go up to a private event because there are a lot of things about sexuality in general, whether you're straight or gay, that are really hard to talk about to children. And we, as a community, we have to hold ourselves accountable for that, and we have to we have to have decorum because a lot of people think that every gay person is the same. We all go out and we have sex with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. And we're trying to indoctrinate him. So if that's the case, then we need to nip this in the bud. We can't allow it.
1: Sorry? No, I was just going to go in really quick. that I just don't feel that our community is a, what's that? We're not a monolithic group. we're not. uh, (laughs) We all don't think the same. We all don't have the same set of values. Some people are more liberal. Some people are more conservative. You know, and I just get tired of being placed in the category with, uh, I don't know, with people just thinking that we're all just out here, like you said, we're all out here on drugs. We all want to party. We all want to do this, that, and the other. We, we don't want to be, we don't want to uh, have families. We don't want to settle down and have careers. I just get tired of being lumped in that situation. Why can't I be an individual? Instead of just being lumped in with all this negativity and all this foolishness all the time, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So what you have to say about this uh,
4: conversation? Um, I don't like groupthink, and I don't like it when the masses or certain masses come together and try to destroy a person for having an opinion. Yeah.
1: And you just, and I see I see it way too often. Like, even locally, like, it, it just seems so crazy. Like, even if you have an opinion about something that goes on here locally in the local community, it's like everybody attacks you. And I, and I know the people that have bigger names here in the city that have a lot of people on their platforms or, like, on their social media, it seems like they have to walk a tight rope when they're mentioning anything online because people are so damn fickle. That's why I said I'd rather have a faithful few as far, as far as my following instead of having all these people where I have to walk a fine line and make sure I don't say anything. I can't speak my truth because I'm afraid to be attacked. I don't want no people to follow me. I'm going to speak the truth. And I'm just—it's just gonna be what it is, you know. You're gonna follow me and respect me because I'm gonna give it to you. You know, it's gonna be straight no chaser. And I just feel like some people feel like they have to walk a fine line because they're gonna get ganged up on. Them. But these are the, some of the same gay people that are very close-minded. They're very hateful, very judgmental. And I ain't trying to shade nobody. And you know me, I just keep the one hundred. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say no names, but you know who you are out there. You know, I love you to death. You know, we go way back, and I'm not going to say no names. But you said something to me about a week or two ago that kind of bothered me. And I just kind of feel like we we always want inclusiveness, and we always want uh, people to be, you know what I'm saying? We, we claim that we want diversity, but... A friend of mine that that I've been on for years came to me one night and was talking about, well, I don't go to this certain bar. Well, this bar is is starting to look very dark in this bar, meaning that there's more black and Latinos going to the bar. My thing is, like, when was diversity a bad thing? Like, you know, now somebody would start saying, oh, there's a – whole lot of quote-unquote F-bombs or fags coming to a bar or something like that, you'd be upset, but you don't use that same type of mentality to discriminate on another group of people. Now, mind you, y'all claim that the LGBT community is all-inclusive, we, we come in all different shades and colors, but this goes to show you that there is a difference between the white LGBT community and people of color, If black Black, gay community because some of y'all. There's you know, always been that. Right And that, look at the look at the uh, show poll It was obviously a difference. They had different experiences than the than the mainstream white gay community. But see, that's what kills me. Like y'all claim that y'all are so inclusive, and then you want to talk this diversity stuff when it comes to making your your movement look good, so you can, you know, what I'm saying, make yourself look good. But y'all don't believe that. Within the community, we have so much divide. This person don't like this person because they, they're um, Them or this person's butch or this person's a bear, this person's a twink. So how can y'all sit up here and say that you are a cohesive group of people and you want people from the outside to respect y'all, but y'all don't even
4: respect each other within the community? That's all I'm saying. So It's like when pride comes around, that's when everyone is You know, all coming together hand in hand. But then the other 364 days out of the year, then we all go our separate ways, and then we all stab each other in the back. We all talk about each other, Mm -hmm. and we're not as cohesive as we would like to be. Right. And we don't want to. um, We don't want to face facts that we, as a community are probably more divided um, than a lot of others.
1: Right. So I just, I just, to me, I just have a problem with the hypocrisy. And, you know, um, I just feel that's something that we need to work on as a community. I really do feel that uh, we talk a big talk, but we, we really don't believe in what we say. So, so Philip, what do you feel about about
0: that that uh, uh, topic at hand. About pride or about pose? About pride, like about you know just
1: the hypocrisy in the community.
0: Well, you know, I talked about this on our very first show, <laughs> and I still I still stand by my words. It is hypocritical, and for the record. What was said on your, on your very first show is now going to be different from what, I, from what I'm about to tell you. Not only is it hypocritical that we as a gay community compartmentalize each other based on race and um, socioeconomic status, we also discriminate against each other when it comes to the word, ding, 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 clean, or B B S. Now, ooh, oh my God. I can talk about this because some of y'all bitches out there who use grinders, Scrub, Growler, who think it's cute to tell a person, oh, I only want to be with clean people. First of all, there's no such thing as clean. There's no such thing as clean. If you are sexually active or if you're not sexually active, it only takes maybe one time. But did you know that herpes, genital herpes, and oral herpes is one of the most common diseases found amongst the human race? And nearly 80% of everyone on the, on the planet Earth has some form of it. So we move further that herpes is not like HIV. You can't tell if a person has it. You can go without symptoms, without outbreaks, and still have it. And you can't get tested unless you have the actual symptoms on your body. Otherwise, you can go and get a blood test. But even some of those aren't very accurate. So for all those people who think it's really nice to tell a person, oh, are you clean? Are you sure you're clean? You have nothing on you.
3: Just because you don't
0: have anything on your body doesn't mean you don't have something. This is why they emphasize us to use condoms, and other forms of protection, whether you're gay, straight, or bi, or trans, because you never know. And that is the pot calling the kettle black, and I'm so sick and tired of people using that term, whether it be in public or online. There is no such thing as clean. And just because a person does have HIV or herpes or some form of disease that's trans sexual sexually does not mean that, they're, that they are any less of a human being. They are still people. And you can still have sex with them, you just have to have protection. But you can't tell ignorant people that. But you know, the great thing about having HIV or herpes or, or any of those diseases is that by having that disease long term, you can tell which people are genuine and which people are not, whether you want to be friends with them or have a relationship with them. So I think it's a great thing that if you do catch what, you know, one of those, I wouldn't say that it's the end of the world because since 2019, we've come a long way in medical advancement, but we are still short of tolerance in the gay community when it comes to those people who do suffer from those long-term illnesses. Yep, and, and I, I, I just feel
1: that that's, that's, that's some true facts. Like that's all we're going to spit on this show is true facts. And my thing is, is like, you know, that goes back to what we were talking about with this situation. You can't speak the truth. You can't have an opinion and, and a valid opinion and respectful opinion without people trying to attack you because it goes against their narrative. And I just feel like that's a problem with our mm-hmm. community. We do not want to have these open and honest dialogue. We, we claim we want to have honesty. you claim that we want to have an open dialogue. But when people bring these issues to the table, then they're getting attacked. They're getting – they're the being, yep. they're the ones that's viewed as being divisive. They're the black sheep of the community. So I just, I want to thank you for bringing that up because I think that that's something that we you, – you see a lot, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, you want to judge these people, I, but then, like you said, it only takes one time. You don't have to be sexually active with tons of people because – you know, I know I've heard of people that huh, they can count the number of people on one hand that they've been with and they've contracted a certain S T D. So yeah. you can't you can't always you know what about these women that's with these husbands that are out mm-hmm. here sleeping around on the down.
0: And that's the thing, let me I'm sorry to interrupt but let me add something. You are you are putting yourself at risk when you use these sites or when you go to the bathhouses, or when, or you, when you hook up anywhere. So that's the on the kettle black. Be grateful that there are people out there who will tell you ahead of time that they do have either HIV or herpes, because not everyone's going to tell you. And that's the thing that people need to understand. You can't blame the person, especially if they told you ahead of time that, you know, you got it from them, because nobody asked you to be on those sites. To go looking for some different ass. Nobody asked you to be on those sites, so you are putting yourself at risk just for being on those sites to to live whatever sexual fantasy you got going behind closed doors, whether you are married or not.
1: So, do you think that this has a lot to do with personal responsibility? Then, like people need to mm-hmm. take personal responsibility in their own sexual health and their own overall health, instead of trying to put that on the next person. Exactly. All right.
4: I think that should be a subject we should explore. Yeah, we're
1: going to talk about that in a future episode. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we touched on that. Uh, I have a guest in mind that I want to bring on the show. I don't want to put it out there yet, but um, I know, I think World AIDS Day is in December, right?
4: December 1st.
1: So i got a couple people in mind that I want to bring on the show. And talk about that because I really want to have a real open dialogue about this uh, this epidemic that has affected so many people's lives. So uh, I think that would be a great show that we should do. And I'm going to start working on some stuff now. And if even if I have to pre-tape it, and then I really want to work with the people that I have in mind to where. I can just have a pre-recorded and just air it on that day. But I just really feel that that's something that we need to talk about because I I feel like personal responsibility Mm -hmm. as far as sexual health is something that we don't want to discuss or we don't want to come to terms with in our community. And I think that is just long overdue, you know. So, all right, Uh, I want to move on past that. I want to get to, let's see what we got talk about next. I think I'm going to leave the political stuff to the end of the show uh, because I want to talk about the law cabin Republican, which we've kind of touched on them in previous episodes. We didn't really go into that. I think Tyler mentioned something about it and uh, yeah, we have a caller on. I'm going to see what they have to say about the topic at hand. Um, caller
2: ending at six one zero three, do you have a um comment or are you just still listening at this point? Yeah, I had a I had a comment I was gonna to talk to you guys about get your thoughts on it. Yeah, go
4: ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, so I I've been researching the whole thing with homosexuality and transgenderism and, and um I was wondering Because I noticed today people have basically made this dichotomy of either people are either born gay or they're born thinking that, you know, there are the opposite sex, or the people say the other option is they choose it. And what I came to find after kind of studying this is that it's it's neither you're not born it nor do you choose it, but it's actually a mental illness. And uh, it's a, it, I find it kind of interesting how a lot of that information has been kind of kept from the general public.
1: So when you say mental illness, like, can you expound on that?
2: Yeah, Um, so as of 1975, the American Psychiatric Association classified homosexuality under the category of paraphilia. Now, paraphilia, for those who don't know what that means, that means uh, abnormal or strange attraction. And so people who have under that category, there are people out there who are sexually attracted to animals, sexually attracted to objects like balls or balloons or fences. I mean, these these are real Cases where people are attracted to some, some of those Random objects you can imagine And they have a genuine sexual attraction to those objects And so people who have those Attractions, they're considered to be Under the category of paraphilia Now, homosexuality was under That same classification Until the mid-70s And there was a push from LGBT Activists against the American Psychiatric Association to No longer classify it as a mental Illness. There were protests They would regularly show up to meetings, shouting down people. And the American Psychiatric Association decided they gave in. And they actually explained that they were changing the classification, not due to new scientific evidence, but because of political pressure. And so since then, there's been a steady, I don't know if it's propaganda or what it is, that's out here trying to convince everybody that homosexuality is something you can be born with. But the reality is, it's a mental illness no different than anyone else who would be under the category of who's attracted to an animal or a balloon or anything that would be considered unnatural. It's under the same name. And sadly, instead of dealing with it in a way where we could try to help people, we're accommodating it the same way we are with transgenderism. We're make, people are making it seem like it's normal for a man to think he's a woman and go and get a sex change operation and, like, remove body parts. You know, and I mean, I, I don't understand why as a society, where, I don't know if it's because political correctness or what it is, but people are afraid to talk about this stuff because they think they're going to get called a homophobe or a transphobe if they even question any of this stuff.
1: So let me ask you this, like, since you feel that this is a mental illness, how do you think that they should, how, how should this be handled then? You know, um, like, what's... I mean, how do you think that this should be rectified if you feel that this is such a mental illness, and like what should be done with this with these groups of people that identify as the LGBT community?
2: Well, we should be trying to treat it like we would any other mental illness. The problem is is because of the current political environment, no me- no medical um group or any research group. No one would invest into seeking treatment for this because they would immediately get attacked. You know what I mean? So like, it'll never. No one will even make the attempt. And you know, like I said, it it was classified as a mental illness, and it was it was declassified because LGBT activists were protesting the American Psychiatric Association, so they caved in out of political pressure. That that proves that that literally no one now is gonna be willing to take this thing on, because the minute anyone even attempts to, they're gonna get attacked the same way the APA is attacked. Uh, it, it's kind of sad, and it's leaving people this idea that that you're stuck like that, that there's no way out of it, or that it's normal for a man to think that he's a woman. When we should be trying to help these people and not going along with it. Like, you know, I had I had a family member that used drugs. And if, if 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 I said I'm gonna buy drugs for my for my brother because I don't wanna offend him so and kinda of go along with it, that'd be wrong on me. If I cared about him, I should be trying to help him out of the situation rather than helping him continue it. Especially when it's to his own destruction. Like going and getting a sick change operation, I feel like it's detrimental to someone's health, no different than if someone was a drug addict. Well, here's my thing. What if
1: somebody's attraction to the same gender, how's that, like, especially somebody that's not, I mean, how's that damaging them or someone else? Like you're saying that because most mental illnesses, they, the people that suffer from mental illness, they're a a danger to themselves or other people. So how is the same sex attraction, how's that hurting themselves or, Hurting
2: anyone else, like I, I don't understand how you right, be, are okay. comparing so, that
1: to something else. But like, I, I don't understand
2: it. Okay. So I think the best way to look at this is this is how a mental illness is. The best way I find it to define it. You may disagree with it, but this is the way I look at it. Whenever your thinking is not in line with reality, that means your your your, your, your mind itself is off. It, it's not it's not right. That's when you have a mental illness. So. When, for example, human sexuality is based on reproduction, right? This is why, you know, if you look at the male and female reproductive organs, they're complementary to one another. They're literally designed for each other. You know, I don't want to get graphic and get into detail, but, I mean, you guys, everyone knows what the male side does when it's sexually attractive, what the female side does, and they work together. In fact, the female organ, as an example, is designed to handle for you know lack of a better term, I don't want to I don't want to get gross anyone out here or offend anyone but it's designed for it to handle penetration. The muscles within the female uh, organ is designed to handle that. Whereas the anus, the muscles in there are much thinner and they're not designed to handle that. That's why if you engage in anal sex, whether you're heterosexual or homosexual, you can get what's called anal fissure. And you can even have what's called a prolapse rectum. And why is that? It's because the the, the anus, the rectum, is not designed to be penetrated. And people say that the that there's a G spot supposedly in the anus, when in reality that's your prostate. And if you and if you rub the prostate too much, you can actually die. That and so people are like playing with the human body in a way it's not designed. Then they're, they're confusing the digestive system with the reproductive system. And so you know if if we're not going to be honest about biology then th- that that points to why I see it as detrimental, because you're harming your own body. You know, when you engage in anal sex, that, that's not so easy to anybody. anybody. So, that's, that's, so would
1: you or say, or say or that, so if you're going to use that type of logic, would would you say the same thing about heterosexual women that enjoy anal sex? Is that is some type of mental disease? Yeah, I, I, mean, I just said that. But here's my thing here. Here's my thing. So you mean to tell me that globally but I mean because yeah. people are now becoming more open and honest about sexuality. So you mean to tell me that there are millions and what, millions only
2: in America millions and of people it's not like that in the whole world
1: that suffer from mental illness.
2: Yeah, there's there's what do you mean there's mental illnesses all over the world? What do you mean? It's not like mental illnesses are only in America, it's worldwide. You can go all over the world, you can find people who are schizophrenic, people who are bipolar, people who've got multiple personality disorders. I mean, I can go down the list. I mean, there's so many mental illnesses, and there's millions, if not billions, of people on earth that have mental illnesses.
4: Do you equate sexuality and reproduction as one and the same?
2: Well, they're connected, obviously. I mean, that's just common sense.
4: Are they? Are they really? Well, of
2: course. I mean... (laughs) I, I mean, think what, when are. think about it, what, what is the natural byproduct of sex? Sex is designed when the male has sex, whether you're homosexual or not, and when you have an orgasm, what do you do? You ejaculate semen. Why is it that you're ejaculating semen? Because the semen is there to then impregnate it, the egg within the female. That, that's why, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of basic biology and common sense. I don't understand how that's a you know, difficult concept to understand.
4: Do you equate mental illness and sin as one and the same?
2: No, of course not. Hmm. Okay.
1: So you got anything
0: to add? Not at the moment.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what you need I mean, the, uh, uh, I what, what, what I was really... saying
2: to you guys is just think, think of it like this if if there are people out there under the category of paraphilia who have a mental illness that has them being sexually attracted to, say, an animal, like a dog, you know, there are people out there that are attracted to some of the strangest things, like, there's a documentary you can look up, you know, don't take my word for it, that shows people who are attracted, like, there's a woman who is sexually attracted to fences, and she actually has sex offenses. There's a, there's, a, there's a guy who's sexually attracted to balloons. You know, so, if, if it's possible and there's precedent for mental illnesses that can change someone's sexual attraction into something that you're not naturally supposed to be sexually attracted to, then it would then, be, it obviously poses that at the very least, you'd have to concede that there's a possibility that homosexuality could be a mental illness. Because if these people were affected, to the point where they're being sexually attracted to random objects, then why is it beyond the pale that a that a that a man could be have a mental illness that causes him to be attracted to a man instead of a woman? Well,
1: that's a unique point of view, but you know, like, I mean, over I time, I yeah, we I disagree with it, but that's a unique point of view. I mean, you know, over time, like, society changes. Like, different things that we consider abnormal changes. I mean, like, you know, socially acceptable now. So, I mean, that's a unique point of view. You know, like I said, we can all have a different, uh, you know, opinion or um, point of view. But, yeah, I I guess that's... I mean, since we're talking about freedom of speech. Freedom of speech, yeah. So, I mean, you weren't disrespectful, and and that's... what I'm talking about, like you well, know, you, that's you guys all don't, think, have you guys different don't different think that, that it's
2: possible. Like I, I'm, I'm not trying to get you guys to say, oh, I'm right in the me. I'm just saying, do you, can can you even see that it could be a possibility? Because if if these other people uh, are have a situation where they're attracted to a fence, for example, or a dog, then that means that it's possible for the human mind to be affected to the about, point If someone's social attraction.
1: Inanimate objects. We're talking about human yeah, beings exactly. having that's my point. Uh, having having attraction towards consenting, you know, other consenting adults. So how can you? Yeah, even, but
2: to the same sex. How
1: can you even yeah, that's compare my point. it
3: to that? So
1: okay, like, the
2: reason I'm comparing it, that, that what I'm saying sense. is that no, no, you, you're missing my point. I'm not comparing I'm homosexuality to someone. I think I
1: understand your point correctly. And I'm just saying that yeah. it's so you for for yeah. Sorry, being kind of, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on, moving right on along. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not trying to have somebody jam up my show cuz we got other stuff to talk about. So, we're going to move on to the situation um of the law cabin republic I'm gonna get the uh yeah, I'm gonna get the political stuff out of the way. So I guess they're now endorsing Trump for twenty twenty and I'm gonna to go to a clip really quick dealing with the law cabin Republicans. And there was a uh, there was a spokesman that had uh for the law cabin Republicans discussing their endorsement for Trump for 2020 and we're going to go uh, to this
4: clip and we're going to come back with the rest of our commentary. Some of my biggest supporters are of that community and I think they and I talk to them a
2: lot about it. Uh, I think I've done really very well with that community and I just got a a big endorsement from uh, the log cabin group.
8: Well, a board member of the Log Cabin Republicans, a pro-LGBTQ group, has resigned in protest because of that endorsement of President Trump's re-election campaign. So let's bring in the spokesperson of the Log Cabin Republicans, Charles Morgan, to respond to critics who question how any member of the LGBTQ community could support this president.
9: Thanks so much for having Good to me. have you.
8: All right, let's start there. I want to play something from Jennifer Horn, who is now stepping away from the board. Here's what she said about how she can't square these things my problem with this endorsement is that this president has not earned the support of an esteemed organization that has spent 40 years fighting for equality and inclusion for all Americans. How do you respond?
9: Jennifer is a friend, and up until 24 hours ago, she was a fellow board member with me on the national board. But like so many disaffected uh, Republicans who have not been comfortable with President Trump and uh, with his record, I look at the the question of, is America better off now than it was four years ago? And is the LGBT community better off now than it was four years ago? And under President Trump, the answer is inarguably yes. President Trump was the first person elected to President of the United States who supported gay marriage and also has a background supporting uh, equality issues as a businessman and as a a philanthropist, but now also as President of the United States. We always try to follow the rule of trust but verify, and looking at President Trump's appointments, um, supporting, you know, appointing people in our organization, taking meetings with our organization, and just really advancing some of the big causes that are important to the LGBTQ community, such as the elimination of HIV-AIDS in 10 years or the decriminalization of homosexuality internationally, these are really big issues that President Trump has stepped forward on and it heartens our organization to be able to support him.
8: Well, and it seems like a lot of folks who object to what you're doing say, listen, anytime he does something that's coded as a conscience protection or the religious um, freedom issues, that kind of thing, they think that it's a direct attack on the community and that you can't support him if he's doing those kinds of things. I want to read something from Amanda Carey at The Advocate. She says if they're willing to sell us out what sense of loyalty should I have toward them? The law cabinet Republicans by endorsing Trump show us who they are. The Muslim bans, the Nazi apologia, the concentration camps and racial purging. How can anyone who isn't a bigot endorse that?
9: Well, and that's just more of that extremist language that the left continues to throw at us. We like to go back to Ronald Reagan's line. 80% our friend is not 20% our enemy." We're not in lockstep with everything that President Trump has done and said, but on the vast majority of it, we are, because we know it's benefiting not only average Americans, but also LGBT Americans as well. And I would go back to the fact that the Democratic playbook, this election cycle, is going to be throw names increased victimization, that identity politics, we reject identity politics, not only in log cabin Republicans, but I think in the Republican Party. And when we start to oppose that that narrative, mm-hmm. in that situation, we see that the Democrats become unhinged, and we've seen that vitriol spew from the left, just as the quotes you just read
8: um, Very quickly, we're almost out of time, but mm-hmm. were you surprised at the reaction or did you anticipate there'd be some people who would not be happy with us?
9: We anticipated that there was going to be clearly backlash, not only from the LGBT left, but also from From some of the never-Trumpers that are stuck here in the Beltway that just haven't been able to get over it. But what I have seen is the fact that as we continue to advance our message about individual responsibility and personal freedom and the alliance that we have with President Trump, that is really disrupting the narrative on the Democratic Party's side and them taking advantage of the LGBT community. And we're going to let disaffected Democrats and independents know they have a home in the Republican Party and they have an option and a true friend in Donald Trump.
8: Okay, Charles Brand, thank you for coming to talk to us about the controversy Thanks so much Good to meet you.
1: All right, we're back Now, I want to talk about this from the point of view Like, are the law cabin Republicans really for the LGBT community Or is there something else that's going on? Because what he's saying and what, what's really going on are two totally different things um, I have an article from Newsweek where um, Trump, the Trump administration argues that the LGBT discrimination is legal because gay men and gay women are treated equally poorly. So we're going to um, go into this article really quick, and then we're going to see if what he's talking about versus what's really going on lines up. And this article says the Trump administration filed a brief with the Supreme Court on Friday arguing, and this was um, written, get the date on this article, this was written on uh, August 23rd. So 10, about a week ago this came out, so keep that in mind. Um, they filed a brief with the Supreme Court on Friday arguing that employers should be allowed to discriminate or even fire their lesbian, gay, and bisexual employees simply due to their orientation. The Justice Department intervened in one of, one of the two matters before the high court set to address the LGBTQ employment discrimination during the court's next term. As, the, as issued, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which makes it a crime for employers to fail to refuse or hire or otherwise discriminate against per- persons of perspective or actual employees because of such such individuals' sex. While the, while the Supreme Court has held that discrimination based on sex encompasses actions taken or beliefs held by an employer that subject an employee to gender stereotypes, the court has never ruled on whether sex-based Discrimination Necessarily extends to Sexual orientation uh, In fact The appellate courts have traditionally Held that sexual orientation is not Protected characteristic Under title 7 With one known exception In 2017 a federal Appellate court reversed The prior holding to declare That discrimination against one sexual Orientation does not violate the law <clears throat> with, with this brief on Friday, the Department of Justice is trying to impel that the Supreme Court to issue a precedent setting ruling that would give the green lights employers nationwide who are not encumbered by state anti-discrimination ordinances. Just last week, the Department of Justice filed a similar brief in a different case dealing with anti-transgender discrimination, arguing along the same lines that federal rights, civil rights does not, several, uh, federal rights, civil rights laws do not protect this transgender employee from losing their job. Uh, remarkably, the department argued in its memorandum that the reason why, I lost my place, uh,
4: the reason why. Wait for this. To be... Okay, I hate these sites. You got these ads coming up.
1: Okay, a upon experiencing discrimination from an employer, both men and women in same-sex relationships would be sim- similarly situated, and they would be treated the same. The department argued. Negating a claim under the title 7 sex based protection. This this pretty much goes on, but pretty much, like, if you want to, if you guys want to check this article out, it's on Newsweek. Um, It pretty much goes into kind of like, it kind of just contradicts what Trump just said. And I just kind of feel that these log cabin Republicans are kind of delusional to think that this man is really on their side or their community side, because he's not trying to enact laws that make it, you know, illegal for employees to of course, to discriminate against people that are gay, lesbian, or transgender, you know. And we're, not, we're yeah. just talking about basic needs, you know. Employment is something that we all need. So why you know, you're supposed to be a Republican, you want people to work and everybody to own earn, earn their own keep. Why would you put laws in place for people to be discriminated against when you have a lot of your best employees that are part of the LGBT community? Like there's so many segments of society that are being ran and controlled by members of the LGBT community, but you want these same people to be discriminated against.
0: So what do you guys not to, still not to mention you have customers? Not exactly. to mention what about your customers?
3: So you're gonna yeah. discriminate
0: against gay people as your customers too? I I don't understand why why they're even doing this considering don't doesn't equal opportunity uh the the double E O O or something are are we protected under that? Or is well, that just limited to just to uh, religion Sorry?
4: That's what the Supreme Court is going to be deciding under Title VII of the Civil Rights
0: Act. Though. I mean, that's really ridiculous. I don't think Trump is doing this because he agrees with them. He's just doing it because it's part of the campaign. He's trying to please yeah. many people by just doing something rehens- rehensible like like this to, to fired, earn them. another right. term. So... But you see, just because Trump is doing this as a means to an end doesn't mean it it makes it any more wrong than agreeing with them. I mean, I don't really believe Trump is uh, racist or homophobic, not because I think he's a great guy. No. I think it's because he's only doing this because it's a means to an end. So if he, if he wants to agree with white nationalists or if he wants to agree with televangelists that all this about us is wrong and that we shouldn't have jobs in the same place as everyone else, he's going to do it just to make them happy. As long as he gets his second presidency out of it. That's all that he really cares about. Yeah, that's true. So, um, that's, and I, yeah, he, that's what I get to do. And, and he's
1: going to cater to that base that got him Elected, And, you know, in the first place, that's why you see him using certain language. Well, he refuses to use certain language when it comes to um, these domestic terrorists. He don't want to call them what they are. because, And he doesn't want to offend the NRA because a lot of that base were the people that got him elected. So he, he's playing his cards very carefully. He knows what community. Communities of people that he needs to cater to to get reelected in 2020, and I just think, like you said, I think he's playing the game. Like he wants to act like he's for the the, the LGBTQ community by saying that, you know, uh, bringing up the law, cabinet Republicans, but little does he recognize. Like no, like most people look at the law cabin Republicans, especially in the LGBT as fell out. They don't represent us. You know what I'm saying? They go against everything that
0: Mhm.
1: You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, a
0: Yeah, that's good. Sorry, my, my microphones went out. I was asking, uh, what is a log cabin Republican? What does that mean? So they're
4: they're essentially gay people who vote Republican and vote for the Republican ideals, and uh, they vote for their platform.
0: So basically they're House Negroes of the gay party – I'm sorry, House Negroes of the gay community for Republicans. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, and let, me, and, let wow. me, and let me say this. And let me say this. I don't feel that, and well, here's my thing, because I feel that you can have Republican, um, let's put it like this. You can be a fiscal Republican but not have to take on their ideology as far as, and um, can
3: you turn your –
1: Wait, I don't know if he. Are
3: you,
1: hey, Philip. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Can you hear me? Matter. But I was just, yeah, I can hear you. I, I just feel okay. that you can be um, a Republican. I mean, you can, as far as like your economics, you can think like it, but socially, I just feel that I
7: don't
1: know. It's just kind of like not in your best interest to be. Uh, be a part of the day community And knowing that these people have a platform That's against who you are And your lifestyle I, I don't understand that. So I don't understand how these law Republicans I'm, are so hard for a party That doesn't even recognize you As a, a human being and, does, and doesn't
0: want you to have basic rights You see what I'm saying Well the thing is Our, our platform is not confined To a specific political party It shouldn't be I mean our platform March. I really don't think it should be confined to a political party and and that's and that's the whole reason why I find it uh so weird that you have log cabin Republicans. I mean, if you really are on the same side then you have to be careful who you align yourself with. Well I mean March. regardless of what party.
4: I had to find so out So that's the thing true. about it. I had to find out the history of the Log Cabin Republicans because I was truly wanting to know, like, how they even came about, so to speak. So what Wikipedia says is that the Log Cabin Republicans was founded in 1977 in California as a rallying point for Republicans to oppose the Briggs Initiative, which attempted to ban homosexuals from teaching in public schools.
3: In addition to
4: sanctioning the termination of openly gay and lesbian teachers, the proposed legislation authorized the firing of teachers that supported homosexuality. While mounting his imminent presidential campaign, Ronald Reagan publicly expressed his opposition to the discriminatory policy. Reagan's condemnation of this bill epitomized in a letter sent to a pro-Brig group, excerpt which... Um, where were printed in the San Francisco Chronicle in 1978 played an influential role in the eventual defeat of the Brady Initiative. And then from there, they have gone on to um, support certain presidential candidates like um, George H. W. Bush, Bob Dole. Um, in 2000. They declined to re-endorse George W. Bush For his re-election Because of his stance On um, Creating a constitutional amendment For the Marriage Act Okay, so
1: that kind of gives us An insight on The history behind me So In your opinion, like Getting back to what I was initially saying, do you feel that what this person was saying on that interview with uh, uh, on Fox, that was, that was actually on Fox Net- Network, does that really align with the reality of, you know, what Trump is actually doing? Because they're trying to paint a narrative that he's for the community, but we just to bring this article with what he's actually trying to set in motion. So, do you think it's two contradictory things that are being
4: said? I do. I think they're speaking yes. both sides of their mouth. Yeah. Um, so
0: that's that's why. I it's two faced. Go ahead. That's what it is. It's all two faced.
4: You say two faced? Two faced. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that mm-hmm. because I, I truly feel that um, they don't want to advance our goals. And then um, the fact that they want to bring up um, the thing in the Supreme Court, I mean, it just goes completely against what I believe there's no way I can be a Republican and support Trump. Yes. And and
0: someone who is gay. I just can't do it. I mean, you can still be a Republican but you gotta be careful who you support regardless. Just you know, no right. difference from being a Democrat either. I mean, that's the thing. Just because you believe just because you are part of a political party doesn't mean that you should automatically uh give your approval of whoever that they have As your leader And we've seen that We've seen that already in 2016 And we're And we're seeing that now with the current uh, With the current Race for to become the democrat Candidate for presidency You don't just Put all, all your eggs in one basket And just go for whoever Is part of that party That's the most reckless And irresponsible thing that you could do As a voter as well as a person Especially if you're part of a marginalized community like the LGBT community. Or people of color. Mm-hmm. Yep. And
1: I, I I just I just feel like with this election come up it's gonna be very pivotal. You see what this administration's been doing, you know, and and here's my thing. Whether or not you agree and this is gonna tie back back to that that caller earlier. Whether or not you agree with uh, the gay the gay lifestyle or you 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 know you feel this that you about gay residents and transgender or bisexuals, that's the size of the form. we're talking about basic Rights We're not talking about whether you feel that it's a moral issue or if you feel that it's right, wrong or indifferent, whether you think it's a quote unquote mental disorder, which I feel that that's full cool of crap, because you kept on, he kept on. I'm gonna get on this for minute. How do you comparing people being attracted to inanimate objects versus two consenting adults being in a consensual relationship? Like how 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 do you compare that? Like that you comparing apples and oranges. And then he he went on to say, like I just I just. You know that was just crazy to me, but that goes to show you that you have to get out here and vote and make your voice known because there's people out here that believe this stuff. Because if you're going to go by that, there, it it was one time where they felt that blacks or certain groups of um, people were inferior to white people, you know, mentally and you know, as far as like as far as intelligence and everything else. So you're basing that off of. Evolve in science You know what I'm saying Like you know I, I just kind of felt That that was just Ridiculous And you have people Out here that think Like that And you think That we don't need To get out here And vote And, and, and let our voices Be heard Like that's, that's just crazy That's why I just feel That we have to know Who's representing us And we have to know If they have our best interests In mind And I'm not just Talking about the LGBT community I'm talking about All communities know, We have to vote and make sure that the people that you're voting for have your best interests in heart because you'll have people that feel that you're less than a person. They kill, they'll try to demonize you and make you feel like you're less than, and yet you'll be setting yourself back, you know, decades. Like, you know, all the progress that you think that you've made, you can do not that can be just pulled from up under you. So I just feel that we have to know who – is representing us, and who, you know, we just can't vote blind. That's just the bottom line. So. And you're right about that. Point. Yep. Now I want to get to, um, I think I, we're going to get to polls in a minute, So I want to end the show on that. Um, I have another story that I want to talk about before we get to that. It's about a, a young man that committed suicide because he was bullied because of his attraction or him being in a relationship with a transgender woman. And this story comes from Hollywood Unlocked. It is a very popular call and um, this story... So look, I'm going to put you on mute for a minute. I don't know what's wrong with the audio on your end, but I'm just going to put put you on mute for a minute so I can read this yeah. article, and then I'll, I'll take you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sorry about that.
1: All right. Um, this comes from Hollywood Unlocked, and the title of the article is Man Commits Suicide After Being Bullied for Dating a Transgender Woman. And this article was written by Deja Monet, and it reads, according to A.A. Maurice Willoughby, who was 20 years old and he was known as Reese Him Daddy, went live on his Facebook page and quickly gained over 15,000 views after openly admitting to dating a transgender woman. However, the video received backlash and Willoughby was bullied for dating his girlfriend. Say, friends of Willoughby said, he also dealt with depression, and cyberbullying became a contributing factor to his declining mental state. Before his death, Willoughby posted a status on his Facebook about his girlfriend and said people should never judge his decision. And this is his quote. Y'all can say whatever you want about faith. I really don't care if she's not passed. I don't care if she wasn't born a woman. She is a woman to me. And I love her flaws, and that was, that's what makes her safe. If you heard her story, it's motivating. I'm happy, and you should be happy for me. Many of his friends condemned the bully on his Facebook page for bullying Willoughby about, about his dating life. Um, and I guess this is one of the, the statuses. News that... One can't contain Right now my heart went back numb Over getting this news And this was after he committed suicide This was my best friend and confidant And now that you're guarded It isn't going to What is going to bother me But the bullying and depression That took you away We both suffered greatly with that And together we stood strong And held on And now one of us has ascended to a higher place in the sky. Man, this is messing me up really bad. Um, Rest in peace, Reese, man. Um, So pretty much that was the story. And it's just sad that we are still living in this day and age where people are still worrying about what the next person is doing and especially if it's not impacting you and your loved ones, why do you care that this man is attracted and he's in love? This is not like a sexual, like, you know, this, you know what I'm saying? He's in love with this person. He's being willing, he willing to be open and honest about who he is, and his decisions aren't impacting yours. So why do you care about what this man or who this man is deciding today? They're two consenting adults, and most of these people that got something to say are these same down-low individuals. They'll sit here and, and sleep with Tom, Dick, and Harry, and then go home and lay up with their girlfriends or their wives, but you want to condemn somebody because they want to be open and honest about who they are and what they like. So, I say I just feel sad that this, this, this young boy is 20 years old and he's ended his life because he was in love. And I've seen the pictures, you know, They, I can tell there was some chemistry between them. And it's just sad that, you know, that this, it, it goes to show you everybody's not strong and can deal with criticism. And that's why I said, like, you cannot sit here and tell me that someone would choose this lifestyle. And choose to be gay or or be attracted to whatever they're attracted to, like it's a choice. Like, who would want to go through that? That would go through all that. Now, you have some people that do it because they think now it's the fashionable thing, it's trendy, and this, that, and the other. I'm not talking about those people because, you know, but I'm just talking about people that are truly struggling with that, you know, and it's just sad that he had to end, it, end his life because he felt that
4: he just couldn't t- take that pressure, you know, so. It almost sounds like he didn't really have a support group. Yes. Yeah. So that he could tell somebody about how he feels. And that that also bothers me, too.
1: Yeah. I want to give a shout-out to uh,
3: Lauren.
1: I want to give a shout-out to Lauren. Lauren, if you want to call us, you can call into the show um, 646-595-3515 I'm going to put the uh, number in here Just in case you want to call in We have been talking about a lot of different things man. Um, We had an interesting caller earlier That tried to compare um, Sexual orientation to mental illness And I kind of had to shut that that conversation down Real quick because he was comparing like people being attracted to inanimate objects and animals versus people being attracted to human beings and being in a potential adult relationship, and I just can't have that propaganda being pushed on myself. I just, I just, I, could, I couldn't, I do that. So you know, um, he, I would say that he was respectful. He, he didn't use any, you know, derogatory language, but you know, I let him get his point of view, but. I didn't agree with it. You don't have to agree. We don't have to agree with each other on this show. All I ask is for you to be respectful. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, like I said, it takes all kinds. But we talked about that. We talked about uh, self-hating games. We talked about individuals in the gay community you know, that preach one thing, they're really their actions don't line up with what they're saying. So we talked about a little bit of everything, we're going to talk about polls here in a second. But um, if you want to call us, the number is 646 595 You know, we're going to open up the line channel a little bit, or if y'all to just call in, and we'll take calls as we go through the show. But that's what we've been talking about. Um, I want to get on uh, – And as you guys know, we just wrapped up season two of Pose. And I'm telling you, it was, I mean, a wonderful season and a wonderful finale. Um, You know, I think in general this season dealt with a lot of the realities that the LGBT community, particularly the LGBT community of color, things that they dealt with and how – I just like to show this because we dealt with the element of the gay community that we don't really get to see. So, um, I'm going to go to a caller. Let me see. We have a caller that just popped up before we get into the commentary. Um, caller ending in 6043, you have a yep. uh, question or comment about the topics tonight.
9: No, I think it's great. Uh, I just had a comment. I think you're right about everything. I thought it was a great topic, and uh, I just wanted to say thank you and keep on going. You guys are great.
1: Thank you. We want to really appreciate you calling in.
9: We we really
1: appreciate the support. We're just trying to have a community dialogue because there's a lot of issues within the LGBT community that we don't – Discuss. And I want to give a voice to everybody because you don't necessarily have to uh, agree, but I just right. want to have a forum where we can all just give our schools a thought and we can just be, you know, just respectful to well, one another. So we want to just thank absolutely.
9: you. Absolutely. And I think you have a so really good platform and you're really, and you do it really well and you do have an open forum and it is very fair. And I think, uh, I think that's what's missed in a lot of, uh, in this country now Is people shutting down people We all have beliefs We all have ideas But you guys have a really great program And I appreciate it I know your listeners do too Yes. Yeah,
1: so can I ask you uh, Where are you calling from what, what part of the country are you calling from
9: Carlisle, Carlisle Pennsylvania It's right near Harrisburg oh, okay oh, nice.
0: Okay all right. Well, yeah. we um, we
1: appreciate your call and um, keep to Well, thank you. Thank and- you very much. All righty. Thank you.
4: All right, buddy. All right. All right. Well, you had to get off the
0: line. You had to get off the line. Are you back, Solo? I am, but I can't say my phone is dying.
1: Oh, okay. Um yeah, let's talk about polls really quick while we have time. What did you think about the season finale?
0: Oh wow. Well I'm glad I caught up before the uh the show today, but man, it it was very emotional. Um but I'm I'm glad it ended the way it did. Um especially because we were all wondering what was gonna happen to Blanca you know, with her HIV. And I think it was befitting to see Blanca at her lowest point because that shows that the the strongest people that support everyone else are usually the ones that need the most support in return. And right. Blanca became that superhero for everybody. Yeah. And, and it paid off. Everything that happened to her had paid off. Even the bad, like, it came in full circle. So, so Blatka really was the most pivotal character um, in the story. Uh, Not because, you know, she probably was the main character, but she brought pose together, you know. She really did. And so the last episode, I mean, it, it makes, it has me wondering what happens now not not just to Blanca, but to ballroom culture, you know, to the lives of all the people that she's housed. I mean, I saw that she, you know, she took in, you know, two little kids that were younger than, you know, Damon. And I'm like, wow, she's still being a mother. Even even after just coming out of the hospital, losing her business, she's still doing what she's doing. So it was amazing. I mean, I, I truly was touched uh, by all of it.
1: And I just kind of felt that the season, with all the bad, with the negative that happened, I just felt that it ended in a positive. I just felt it ended in a positive light. Like even if they didn't bring the show back, I kind of felt that it ended in a point to where, you you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like we have everybody doing their thing, everybody feels um, prospering and stuff like that, and and it it, it kind of left the um, ending also you know what I'm
4: saying? I do <laughs> but yeah, what did you think about the the, the ending of the um, season two? I thought it ended on a great note. And I thought that it definitely um gave some sort of clue to what season three is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there was a lot of uh, drama a few episodes back, and uh, <laughs> I'm losing my train of
3: thought.
1: Oh, my dog just walked into the, the camera, so yeah, don't, don't mind him. But yeah, I, I just kind of felt that this season was really good. It kind of gave us a realistic view really, of, of what what goes on, not only just in ballroom culture, but just a lot of things that people of color in the LGBT community dealt with. And, and in kind of like, even with all the adversities that took place in the show, it really showed us that we do have a sense of family. Yes. And uh, a lot of people that were ostracized during that time or didn't have family, or uh, we all came together and kind of made sure that everybody take care of you know, just like with any family, there's always going to be disagreements. There's always going to
3: be,
1: there's always going to be adversity within families. But at the end of the day, like we all have each other's back, and that, I think that's just the biggest thing of post. The biggest thing is family. If you don't have the family unit, if you don't have a group of people that uh, support you. I feel that it just leaves you open, like you're like it's like a pack of wolves. Like you know, you you know they a lot of times they gang up on people that don't have a family structure. And I kind of felt that with poles, like everybody was family. Yeah. That's all they had. That's all they could depend on. Before they they didn't have anybody else. It wasn't like today where we have allies. Like back then, it was a totally different time. And it, and, and we're talking about you know, 30 years ago. But, you know, it was just a totally different time, a totally different world. And then on top of that, we were dealing with this epidemic, this HIV epidemic. People still didn't know much about this epidemic. They, hell, they didn't even know how to really treat it yet. So you had that being thrown in the mix. You had discrimination um, from the outside world. You know, um, a lot of things that we take for granted now – They didn't have those opportunities. They didn't have that support that we have now. So it was just really good to see how they were able to band together and to uh, make this thing work. So. The
4: team definitely
1: was. I think you're totally right about that. Yeah. Um, I want to go to a quiz. if I can find it. So I think I
0: uploaded. Oh, before you go. uh huh. Oh, sorry. Um, before you go, um, sorry, I'm gonna have to bow out, you guys. But um, thanks for having me on the show. I'm just gotta hurry before the battery runs out.
1: Okay, then we will. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show tonight, and we'll probably be back either next weekend or the weekend after. But yeah, we want to thank you for coming on the show, Philip. And after we do this review, we're gonna wrap it up anyways. The show. But, yeah, if you want to keep listening to oh. us on the um, live feed, you can. All right. Yeah, we'll still be
4: on Facebook Live. Okay.
1: All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Okay. I feel it. All right. Bye-bye. bye Um, Let me go to this clip. This – I can't think of his name from the top of my head, but he played Ricky on the show, and he was just talking about how um, he really – uh, got into that character that he played, and how uh, that when he was diagnosed with HIV on the show, how that really uh, his kind of his heart went out for that character, and that's that's how he was able to get into that character and play him so well. So I'm gonna go to this interview that he has, and then we'll come back with the rest of my commentary.
6: So there are some weird trends, and one of the weirder ones for. I
5: definitely feel like being on Pose has made me a lot more self-aware. I think that it has made me a lot more comfortable and confident with who I am, and it's made me um, a lot uh, less uh, fearful of being authentic in every room and every circumstance that I find myself in. One of the things that uh, has been really helpful is, you know, My family being able to see me on this show and us have conversations and like them affirm me as a result. And I think that when you have the support and love of your family and they affirm you in ways that maybe they haven't ever done before, that really changes a person. The work that we do is sort of like a ministry, you know, in a way it's, it's about connecting with the hearts and souls of people and helping to edify the folks who feel ostracized, the folks who feel uh, marginalized, the folks who feel like they haven't had a voice, we're able to add a voice for those voiceless people. I think a lot of folks who identify as cis or heterosexual, Uh, don't really understand, just in a comprehensive level, what it means to be queer or trans. And a lot of folks who are not people of color especially don't understand what it means to be uh, trans, queer, and of color, and how all of those three things intersect to create um, vulnerability in the world. My family just didn't have an awareness, especially of the trans experience. Uh, They didn't have an awareness uh, comprehensively of what my experience as a queer man was like and I think that sometimes it's really easy for families to just not talk about certain things because it's, it's comfortable and Pose has really opened up a space it's become a vehicle for us to have conversations week to week about things that they may be curious about that they didn't have um, the language or an opportunity to really ask me or I didn't necessarily always feel comfortable asking them, but Pose has given us sort of a vehicle. It's been a catalyst for conversation for us. Uh, We haven't gotten to see a lot of depictions of black, gay, male intimacy on screen. You know, I think Moonlight was a very uh, huge step forward for same-gender loving men of color uh, in terms of representation, but even in moonlight we didn't get to see, um, the intimacy depicted, uh, in a way that affirmed sex between men. For us to be able to to do that on Pose this season and for me to be a a part of that was, um, truly an honor, uh, and, and a responsibility that I didn't, uh, that I didn't take for granted. Not to mention that these two characters are also HIV positive. The stigma surrounding folks who are living with a positive status and allowing them to have sexuality, allowing the world to see them as sexual beings. It was a beautiful moment about two souls connecting and the sex just being an extension of the connection that they were sharing. Historically, there aren't a lot of mentors in the gay community for uh, younger men coming up. Your parents can't really teach you how to live life, your grandparents can't really tell you how to teach you how to live life unless, they, unless they've been in it. And so a lot of times it's older men who are able to teach their younger partners certain things about how they should love themselves and, and how to navigate the world. So I, as complicated as, as it is, it's very common and I'm glad that we're able to stoke the fire and have a conversation about it. And, let people chime in and, and investigate it. Because that's really what uh, what the show is about and what uh, the work that we as artists want to do is, you know, we don't want to do things that are just safe. We want to do things that are going to get people talking and have people asking the hard questions so that they can investigate uh, the things that uh, are occurring in our world and in our life that maybe need some work.
1: All right, we back and it was so much I got from that, that little small interview and that's that's another thing the other thing that I saw in this season in general is just how um, the, the the issue of self love and self respect and also um people taking the reins and kind of just being a role model for the younger generations, you know, and I kind of feel that that was a good thing that we saw a lot of that in the community. Like, you know, so many times, you know, you weren't probably able to get it right, but maybe you could help out the next generation yeah. to get it right. And I think that was a good thing too, because I I know that Tail and Blanca, they went through their thing. They went through a lot of things. They didn't really have anybody to look up to, but I think they really did a good job in kind of helping these kids like the ones that were coming kind of behind them not to make the same mistakes that they made or helping them along, you know, in their struggles. So I I just I think it was a really I just think it was a really good uh, really good show, really good season finale. You know, I I don't think they sugarcoated anything like they did, they showed it that Uh, HIV had an AIDS Had an ugly face to it You know um, they showed that uh, People Are part of the LGBT community Especially trans women they had their struggles They were being discriminated against And everything else Bob Scott Yeah But yeah I, I feel that it was a really good series And a really good show And um I don't know. That's, I just
4: I, I'm glad that it ended the way that it did. You know. Yeah, so. because at the beginning of the it's the beginning episode of the second season, it started out very um, dark and gray. Very yeah, exactly. And you really didn't know what kind of path that they were going to take. Yeah. Um, and th- that's why I'm so glad that it ended on such a positive note. Um, also the character that plays ricky or the guy that plays ricky i should say um we well how can i say this um i don't see very often especially in the gay community where two men especially two men of color are being intimate together Mm i i've rarely seen that yeah especially in um in mainstream media, um, when I was coming out, of course it was Will and Grace, it was Queer as Folk, it was a lot of white people, and I think that the a lot of whites in the gay community associate other whites. They don't associate a lot of black people, and I think that's very unfortunate, and I think it's kind yeah. of unfair.
1: Yeah, they don't they don't really associate. They don't think that i i I even hear people that I've even heard people even in 2018 think that it is so taboo for a black person to black they, they think it's they think it's so taboo for people to be black and gay or yeah to have relationships so heard just, that a lot. you know, and it's just like oh am I living in, am I in the twilight zone are you guys serious like you know it, it this is these are the things that are still taking place today and I'm glad that we have shows like this that are uh pretty much destroying these myths in these in these and these false these stereotypes, you know what I'm saying? And they're breaking down barriers. Barriers. Exactly. You know, um opening up doors for other trans and gay individuals to get into the industry. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I really feel that this, this show goes beyond just the show itself. That's the reason why we covered it, because this is a groundbreaking show, and it's, it's, like you said, it's destroying barriers, and people are now starting to be able to go into other arenas besides, you know, just what we've been encased in. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I really just, I love this show. And that was another show that came out, in the, I want to say the early 2000s, um, probably like around 2005, 2006, it was called Noah's Ark. Oh yeah, yeah. And that show, because I'm not gonna say this is not the pose is not the first show of this of its kind, but I think it's the first show of its kind that was actually able to gain traction and that picked up momentum. To the level of your, you like you said, your will and graces and mm-hmm. your queerest folks, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I kind of feel that this show is on that level, and we, we now get a chance to look into a world that has not been really displayed out there, you know, in a uh, mainstream media. So, but yeah, I, I feel that Noah's Ark was a good show too. Um, I, I kind of hate that it didn't it didn't last as long and it didn't get the same amount of traction as polls did, because I think it would have, uh, may have, you know, leaps and bounds, but I'm glad that we have something now that is comparable to that and that people are now able to see another side. And, and it also kind of, uh, shows us that our community is not like I said, a, a monitor. So like, you know, we, we, are all different shades, colors. We have different experiences. You know what I'm saying? It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's a really good thing. So, I
4: really think that FX has taken pose to um, to hype. I've never even considered it yet. Yeah.
1: Because I was, first the first season, even though it was good, I was just concerned, like, I said, is it going to flop? Is it going to you know, I just, I didn't know how I was going to do, but I think second, the second season, they really brought it. Um, you know, I know a lot of people were saying, well, you know, we're going to give Poles a, a pass for the first season because, you know, it's a new show, and we're really trying to support our community, but I think more people were saying, you know, now that you guys have gotten a footing, you know, we're going to be more critical now. We're going to expect more out of you, and I think that this series has delivered. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I think it, it exceeded my expectations, and I'm really um, excited about what's to come for season three. So, yep. So I didn't know if you had anything else to add to that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it tonight, y'all. Um, we're gonna wrap this show up. I want to thank all the people that um, were on my Facebook Live that popped in and, and, and um, checked us out. I want to thank, thank our callers tonight. I want to thank Philip, And just, just keep supporting it. Just keep spreading the word. Like I said, we're always up for different points of view. We're always up for different dialogue. The only thing I'm asking for you, um, if you want to participate in the dialogue, just keep it respectful. And just be open minded. That's all I'm, you know, because, you know, I want everybody to have their point of view. And um, we're all about freedom of speech on this show. And, you know what I'm saying? We got to have these uncomfortable conversations sometimes because, you know, so many times we want to shut people down. But it's good to know the opposing point of view sometimes because. You know, it just kind of helps you to strengthen your platform, and it also educates people that there's people out here that still have closed-minded points of view. So sometimes you might hear a negative point of view that comes across, but we need to know that there are certain ind- individuals out there. So
4: you know, we know what we're up against. So, um, and also I I really feel that you know we try to give a platform to people who are still in the closet, are still trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. And we could potentially be a guiding light Yeah, in those aspects.
1: Yep. And, you know, I, and, that's, and that's the reason why I wanted to bring that that, that situation up about Marcus Willoughby because we still are dealing with this. We still haven't gotten it right in 2019. We're going on 2020 here in a couple months. And I just kind of feel that it's a shame that people still are struggling with sexuality and, and identity because I think, you know, you know, you, you still hear people committing suicide, people still getting bullied, you know. I mean, for every stride that we make, two steps that we make, you know, we still need to get everybody caught up with us because everybody's not caught up with us. Like, they're not. You know, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't have those mentors or that support system, as you mentioned. And it's just, just, you know, if we can be that support system, even if it's just virtually, I'm I'm all for it. You know what I'm saying? People don't have to agree with who you are, I mean, your lifestyle, whatever, but I'm just all about Equality, you know, people being able to exist and being safe from being harmed or anything else. I'm just all about just equality across the board. So that's 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 what this show is about. Uh, it's it's about positivity, you know what I'm saying? That's what that's what this this network's about in general. So that's that's how I just want to wrap this. Uh, Video up. I just wanted to let you guys know you can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and Google Podcasts. Um, you can just type in the Urban Wire Media Network, or you can type in uh, the T. And also, we're going to be bringing back our news and commentary, other news and commentary show, pretty soon. Um, I got to get with C and see what, what, what her schedule's like, but we, we just discussed this the other day. So we're going to be getting back to our regular show as well. And check out our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash U-C-O-F-W. Or you can just put in the Urban Wire Media Network, and you can get all our video commentaries as well. We do excerpts of the show. Um, We got uh, concert clips up. We have all kinds of things on that channel. So that's something for everybody on that channel. I want to thank all the new subscribers. Um, we've had a couple of good videos that have came out in, this, um, in the past month, so I just wanted to thank all our new subscribers and our new followers, and that's about it. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to let you guys know, especially those that are living in Indianapolis, we are doing a live taping of our show. Um, October 19th, we're doing our fall party. Um, I have sent the invites out, so... If you want to attend our um, live studio audience, it's not going to be nothing big. Just a little intimate group of people. We're going to have our fall party. We're going to have some good wine tasting, good good food. If you would like to participate, um, you can hit us up. Our email is ucosw.indy.com. At gmail dot com, if you would like to be a guest on the show, or if you would like to come to the event, or if you would like to sponsor us or help out in some capacity with this production, um, feel free to just hit us up. Um, we're gonna have a really good time. We got some good shows coming up this year. We're gonna start having some guests and stuff like that. Um, you know, we we we'll still gonna do some changing up on the show. You know, like I said, this is, we're still early on in in the show's history and stuff, so. You might see new commentators. You might some people some people come, some people go, but we're getting established. And I just want to thank everybody that even just checked us out for a couple minutes. I just want to yeah. just um, thank everybody. You know, what I'm saying because people don't have to support you; they can just go right on past you. They don't have to even pay you no mind. So I want to thank all my supporters. I want to thank everybody that's giving me words, and encouragement. Um, it just means a lot. So, yeah. That's about it, and um, yep. Unless you got something else to add, yeah, I don't. All right, we'll well. Next All right. So next time, take care of each other and take care of yourself. Bye bye.